Welcome to the Anthology Church of Studio City audio podcast, bringing you the messages and other audio content from In this week's special message before New Year's Day, we walk through Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, and see how Paul instructs us on what it looks like to have a successful New Year. Anthology Church of Studio City, in case you didn't uh, know, it's a little different than uh, uh, we normally do it. Or a lot different than we normally <laughs> do it. But uh, we're glad you guys all are here. Thanks. Welcome to our guests uh, that are here joining us. Uh, we just, you know, I can't believe it was just, what, four days ago that we were in here for Christmas Eve. And it was uh, really fun. Did a candlelight service. And it was uh, one of our bigger gatherings of the year so far, which was very exciting. Uh, normally, you know, we have band intro, scripture reading together, prayer, and then I, you know, say something stupid for a while. No, hopefully edifying. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, we celebrate communion. We thought for something a little different, we knew a lot of people were going to be out of town, so we thought, oh, we just have a brunch and do something a little reflective, maybe devotional style uh, on the year. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So I've got, you've got a little sheet in front of you that I, I'm hoping this is more like you can, you're not going to answer all these things. Now, I, I mean, you could, I guess, but uh, um, they're meant to be kind of reflective questions for you to take um, on your own over the next few days as we enter a new year and kind of think about what did God do? You know, you can see some of the questions on the right side there. Uh, take some time to reflect on 2014. What did God teach you? What were ways you were convicted? What do you want to not forget? Um, you know, there's, if you're in here, you're not a follower of Jesus, then this would be a good time maybe to reflect on your life. What happened in your life this year? Are there any ways you see God working in your life or anything you learned um, as being part of us um, or anything else that you don't want to forget? But you can see some other, some other things on there. What are practical ways you can spend more time in the scriptures and the Bible this year? So, um, so those are some things for you to take, hopefully, over the next few days as you reflect uh, on uh, this year and as we move into the next one. But I thought we'd do just look at the scriptures briefly for a little bit and talk about what, what does it mean to have uh, a successful year. So let's, we always do this. Anyway, we read the scripture together. I'll pray and then we'll, uh, we'll start our time. Uh, so let's read. I'll put it up there. It's uh, uh, Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine. It's not, it's good, uh, because we have the lights on. It's a little harder to see, but hopefully you guys can see it up there. You can get it on your uh, one of your devices. I never say flip there in your Bible anymore because half the people, maybe more than half the people, don't even uh, don't even do that. Well, it's only it would probably be too dark if we turned off all these, don't you think? You guys think it's okay? Okay, you wanna wanna head? Okay, we're all right. I'll probably turn it off. We'll listen to a song at the end, and I'll turn it off at that point. But um, so let's read. I'll read, uh, and then I'll pray at the end. So. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace 
will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we have some uh, wonderful, really poetic, beautiful words um, that you've given us through Paul here, and I pray now as we reflect on what does it mean to have a successful new year as we move from 2014 into 2015, would you give us wisdom from your spirit and teach us all now here, and I pray the results uh, would impact this city and beyond. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you know, this, this is the time of year. We're just moving out of the Christmas season into the New Year's-ish season, but, you know, you start seeing all the New Year, New You, 15 articles that come up on every, you know, Facebook page <laughs> or, uh, you know, every uh, news story has something about what can you do, what resolutions can you make, what changes can you make in your life. It's almost cliche how much it happens <laughs> again and again. Uh, but it, I always find, personally in my own life, I always find having uh, specifically set times for reflection uh, actually helps me a lot. Time to reflect back on uh, specifically what God has done, what's gone in my life, you know, and kind of look back on specific periods. So the new year, the end of the year, uh, is kind of an opportunity, a natural built-in uh, opportunity uh, to do that. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering all the time, we have questions like this, what, what does it look like for me to have a successful year? How, sh how should we define success? You know, you can think of it in a business sense. And of course, you're, you know, probably think of being in the black, not being in the red. You probably think of profits, not losses. Um, and there are specific ways to think about success there. But in the kingdom of God, success is not necessarily, obviously, it's not, um, determined by the amount of money you make. It's not determined necessarily by the amount of numbers you have in a church, for instance, or uh, other things. And so what does it look like if you're a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to be successful? And on top of that, a lot of people wonder all the time, and this is especially if you're walking with Jesus, but people even outside um, the church think these things. You know, what, what does God want for my life? What's God's will for my life? If you're not a follower of Jesus, you may wonder if, you know, there is a God, what does he want me to do? Um, but I know certainly a lot of times I go, you know, Lord, what do you want for this season and things? Most of the time, the scriptures don't give us, you know, well, I want you to go down to this car dealer and buy this car right here. I should say not most of the time. It doesn't say that <laughs> anywhere. Um, the scriptures always give us more of a big picture, here is God's will. Uh, here's what God wants for your life. And um, Paul does that here in this section as he closes out um, the book of Philippians. We haven't spent time in Philippians um, as a church or before this, but this is kind of wrapping up his letter to the church in Philippi. Um, we won't go into all the details there. It's a beautiful book if you have a chance to read it. It's very funny because at, in, as chapter 3 starts, he says, finally, my brothers, and then says some stuff. And then we get to chapter 4 again, and you see he goes, finally, my brothers. <laughs> he did the... Uh, I'll wrap up and, oh, I've got 50 more things to say, uh, which makes me laugh as a pastor who probably does that too many times myself. <coughs> but he gives us a few things, and I just want to point out three of them um, that we can take and go, what, what would a successful year look like um, for us? And so the first one, we can see it in the scripture, says, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. So one way you can have a successful 2015 is if you spend time rejoicing in the Lord. And Paul tells us, do it always. Which I think, in a lot of ways, is a one way to say, get your heart 
happy in God. And it, the fact that Paul commands us probably means it's not a state that we're always in. <laughs> you know, we are usually or tend to maybe not rejoice in the Lord. I can often complain in the Lord. Or maybe I just complain outside the Lord. <laughs> um, and so Paul telling us and encouraging us that is he's telling us something proactive that we should be a part of. Rejoice in the Lord. Get your heart happy in Jesus and all that he's done for us. And so I think, you know, one of the reasons I put that first question on there, one of the ways we can do that is reflecting on what do you have to be thankful for? Reflecting on what God has done. So I would really encourage you guys that over 2014, one of the ways you can rejoice in the Lord is going, what has God done and remembering and being thankful? And sometimes, you know, for me, I, I absolutely love, I cannot be more of a proponent of some form of journaling or a diary, if you like that word better. Uh, I feel more manly if I say journal. So, but I love to write down, I write down prayers in here sometimes, whatever is on my heart. Um, I'll probably do some reflections over the next week as well. But sometimes writing down, this is what God did, this is what I'm thankful for this year, this is ways I saw him move, can really, you, at the end of it, especially if you have a list, and usually if we really think about it, we probably have several things in the course of a year that we can really be thankful uh, to God for. Even if it's a hard season, there are big picture things. And by the end of that, you can a lot of times you'll be rejoicing and, gosh, yeah, you're good, Lord. You have done a lot of things. So that's one way I think we can uh, be a part of that. You know, I heard uh, this from a pastor one time. Uh, he said, unhappiness in life a lot of times com comes from listening to yourself more than speaking to yourself. And he said that because sometimes listening to ourselves, you can go, oh, I'm, you know, you kind of hear things in your head like I'm so bummed, I'm so, uh, I'm worried about this, I'm stressed about this, what am I going to do about this, or X, Y, Z. Sometimes we just, what passively kind of comes into our heads um, uh, a lot of times or what anxieties come in. And he said what we're meant to do is to tell ourselves what's true, to preach to ourselves, in a sense, this is who God is, this is what he's done, this is the reality that you're in. So, you know, with anxiousness, uh, you know, Jesus says, uh, do not be concerned, you know, you're much more valuable than uh, um, several small sparrows, you can't change anything by worrying, you can't change the number of, uh, you know, gray hairs on your head, uh, which are coming in more and more uh, up here. Uh, but so preaching to yourself when anxiousness comes in, telling yourself that truth, um, not listening to ourselves, but telling ourselves what is true of God. So that's a big thing I think we could be a part of, rejoicing the Lord always, remembering what he's done, reflecting back, and then telling ourselves the truth of who God is, what he's done, um, and his uh, goodness to us. And another question for you to ask, what keeps you from being happy in God most? When you think about your life, what keeps you from... Rejoicing in him, what keeps you from being happy in him, what worries, what anxieties, and what can you do with those this year? Well, the next one goes along with anxiousness, so it's, it's helpful. And Paul says, and you can see that in uh, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Paul's making some big statements here. Rejoice always. Don't be anxious anytime <laughs> about anything. Um, can I be anxious about this? Paul says no. So there you go. Uh, no, but he says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray. Uh, be prayerful and bring everything uh, in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. You see that again. Let your request be made known to God. 2015 will be a successful year if you spend it in prayer. 
And that's just one of the ways I'm, I'm thinking Paul would tell us, especially if he says do it with everything, um, we'll be successful. And prayer, I, you know, prayer to me seems like one of those things where you can always say, yeah, I could be a lot better at that, or I stink at that, <laughs> and I could find ways that I could be praying uh, a lot more. And I don't think there's any way you could ever get to a spot in your life uh, where you say, I've prayed sufficiently uh, to be righteous before God. Um, thankfully, our goodness comes from Him and not from ourselves. But any increasing you can do in prayer, whether it's just walking along the road, driving in the car, late at night by yourself, early in the morning, whatever it can be. You know, uh, in relation to anxiety and problems, um, I was trying to reflect on this a bit. I think anxiety a lot of times comes from focusing specifically on the problems that we have in our lives. When we're, in a sense, letting the problems and the things going on speak to us. And prayer, I think, is not ignoring. I think sometimes, at least I can do this. Sometimes I think if I'm really godly, I won't be, I won't be worried about anything. Nothing will you know, be wrong or just be kind of floating on this holy cloud of, oh, silly you, why don't you trust in God more? And I do. And, and I don't think it's like that, especially since Paul doesn't say, forget all the things you're concerned about. He says, take all those things and bring them to God in prayer. Don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, mm-hmm. let your thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I think prayer is not the opposite. Anxiousness is focusing on the problems. Prayer is focusing on God and bringing the problems to him, in a sense. Whatever's going on, whatever's happening in your life. So the same amount, that what, what that means is, the same amount of problems can be happening in either case. <coughs> you can be focusing on the problems and letting them stress you, make you anxious, worry you, or you can have that same amount of problems, be taking them to God. And then Paul gives us some pretty amazing promises. He says, the peace of God, when we do that, when we let our requests be made known to God, The peace of God, which surpasses understandings, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's actually a pretty pretty amazing promise, isn't it? I don't know exactly what Paul means and everything by saying the peace of God, but it's got to be pretty great, right? (laughs) If it's it's from God. Um, God is not stressed. This is an incredible thought, but God is never stressed out. Isn't that amazing? God is never anxious. Because he knows everything, he has all power, he knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows how he's working. He knows every angle of everything. And so he's never anxious. He's the only one who never is. And so the peace of God must be something quite uh, incredible. So how can, you know, think about this. How can you pray more in 2015? What are ways you can do it more? I I remember when I first started walking with Jesus, I thought, because I, you know, it was actually in college. I'd grown up going to church quite a bit off and on. but I thought the only way I can pray is by being alone, doing this, and having my eyes closed. And even now, uh, Piper has learned some of that. She went to a, a Christian preschool. Uh, she's going to a uh, secular school now, uh, public school. But, and so they taught her to do this. And so part of me is like, my initial reaction is like, you don't have to do this to, <laughs> to pray, just so you know. And she goes, Dad, I like to. Okay, fine. You, you can do that. But we can pray at any time. Pray in the car. Pray while we walk. Um, uh, you can have your eyes open during prayer, which means we can do it at any time in the day. So another question you can ask yourself, how can you increase your prayer in 2015 practically? Well, last thing, guys, that, uh, that comes in those verse 8 on um, how can we have a successful 2015, I'll say it using, taking Paul's words 
and interpreting it, we can flood our mind with the good, flood our mind with good things and that which is good. You see the verses he says, it's really kind of a beautiful thing, isn't it? Whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, lovely, commendable, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy, think about these things. Um, and honestly, if we're, if we're, this is another one of those proactive things that he's kind of talked about. We have anxieties, take them to God. There's this other proactive thing. Spend time thinking about the good. Spend time thinking about the commendable. Spend time thinking about the just, the pure. And I have to think, it did, you know, I didn't uh, dig into this a ton or look in the original Greek or anything like that. But I have to think Paul in some way is encouraging the Philippians to get in the scriptures. Get our hearts. Because the scriptures, the word of God is only ever profitable, good, just. It contains things that are unjust. It contains things that are bad. You see stories of people lying and all sorts of horrible things that can happen. But in the end, it's always beneficial to our souls. You know, Paul says uh, the word of God is profitable um, for uh, uh, walking with God, for being approved, um, and uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, all sorts of things like that. So it's always profitable for us. We'll never regret spending time in 2015 knowing the scriptures more, because we're knowing God as a result of that. And so I have to think, though Paul doesn't address it specifically, he's telling us, get in the scriptures more. And then I think, you know, beyond that, I, I was trying to go, I, I can a lot of times, you know, watching the news, it can be very depressing <laughs> if you, how much you do it. There are a lot of sad things, which I think part of us being in the world and as a follower of Jesus, we need to know what's going on. We need to be aware of injustice. We need to be praying for um, things. We talked as a church, we talked a couple weeks ago um, uh, before Christmas kind of about some of the realities of Ferguson and injustice and what does that look like and how do we enter into that. But at the same time, I think Paul must be saying something here of uh, don't just focus on the awful things that are going on in the world. Focus on what's good. Focus on what's commendable. Um, I had a pastor one time uh, give a, a sermon encouragement that was really helpful for me um, dealing with other people in our lives. And he said, be proactive in trying to find specific things you see in another person's life that you can encourage them on. So anything, you know, he said, take the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 where it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Anytime you see love in someone's life, let them know. Hey, that was, really, that, was, that was really, I don't do this very much, but I try to encourage. When you see joy, when you see peace, there are great ways we can encourage one another a lot. It's a proactive, focusing on the good thing that we can do for one another. Um, and beyond that, if you do that with people who are not followers of Jesus, um, you know, take a workplace or whatever. Most of the time when people talk about each other behind the, each other's backs, it's not good things being said, right? So imagine if you like, you know, positive gossip. You know, I was, boy, Jerry was, was really, really kind to that other worker. He did a great job on XYZ. And, you know, you may end up getting some funny looks depending on where you're at. But there are ways we can focus on the good, be encouraging. So I'd ask you this, you know, what, what ways... Can you get into the scriptures more in 2015? Whatever you're doing now or whatever, if you're not doing anything, find some way to increase that, to think about that. Bible, you know, there's all kinds of, and if you're, you know, a member of Anthology or you come here regularly, um, there are all kinds of Bible reading plans and 
devotionals. We could recommend some good ones um, that we've done, and we'd be happy to, to do that. But how can you do more than you're doing now in the scriptures? Well, the last thing uh, I wanted to say, guys, is that the good news, the, the best good that we can focus on, the best thing to take away our anxiety um, is that Jesus has come and he's done the work for us. That even if, here's the great news, even if you uh, stink this year at rejoicing in the Lord and you complain in the Lord more, even if you tend to be more anxious than prayerful, even if you uh, decrease your time in the scriptures, Jesus still comes died for you, loves you, your standing with him does not change at all. All the news, all the good news of uh, peace and hope and joy and uh, goodwill of Christmas and what he's done there stays the same. And all that as we'll eventually start moving into uh, Lent season and then Easter, all that good news is just as true of us uh, when we're doing really great and when we're super anxious and really stressed and everything just... Um, love is not based on our performance, which is really, really, really good news because I, uh, if I focus on my own performance, boy, it's, it's not a pretty picture most of the time. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Anthology Church of Studio City. For more information on Anthology, go to anthologychurch.com.